Welcome to a Biblical Perspective Podcast, where God's point of view matters. I'm your host, Prophet C.T. Johnson. This podcast is designed to expand you beyond the mind's cultural and theological limitations about the Bible and what it teaches. Prepare for the challenge of becoming a critical thinker, analyzing life from God's perspective. Boldly and unapologetically, I'll address the ills and issues of our day using scripture as the frame of reference. Get ready to empower your thinking and change your life. Now, let's hear what God has to say. Well, hello, family. Welcome to another episode of A Biblical Perspective Podcast. I'm your host, Prophet C.T. Johnson, excited about today's podcast, excited about today's show. I have a very special guest, one that I know you're going to enjoy. You're going to be empowered and enlightened by his contribution to our conversation on today. Very special person to me. I've known him all of his life. All of his earthly existence, I've known him. And so I'm going to introduce him momentarily. And you want to ensure that you are staying put and you stay tuned to today's episode because we're going to have a powerful time with this guest as we discuss the subject of expectation. We're going to discuss it from a position and a perspective that you probably haven't heard before. And so again, you are going to want to make sure that you don't miss the entirety of today's podcast. As we discuss with this guest, the subject of expectation, but before we bring him on, I want to encourage you to go to my website, ctjohnson.org and pick up your copy of my latest book, Empower Your Thinking, Volume 1. It's going to literally empower your thinking. Quotes to shift consciousness, provoke thought, and increase understanding. This book is not your common, your usual book of quotes, but it is an interactive book, and the quotes are designed to take you beyond the superficial as it pertains to how you see yourself and even more importantly, how God sees you. And so I want to encourage you to go to ctjohnson.org and pick up your copy, Empower Your Thinking, Volume 1, Quotes to Shift Consciousness, Provoke Thought, and Increase Understanding. And also connect with me on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Johnson. That's C-T-E-R-R-I-L-L, Johnson. I would love to interact and connect with you there on social media, Facebook and Instagram, C. Terrell Johnson. All right, let's bring my guest on. As I shared with you briefly just a moment ago, this young man I've known all of my life and uh, we have had wonderful times together. We've had some uh, turbulent times together, but nonetheless, we are yet together. And this young man is none other than my youngest brother, James Brandon Johnson. I'm going to give you his whole government name, James Brandon Johnson. And I am so honored that he is with me on today's podcast and we're going to have a powerful powerful time and we're going to share allow you rather to enter into a personal conversation that he and I had just earlier this week just earlier this week we had a powerful conversation that provoked the idea to bring him on the podcast and have this conversation again with you all listening and benefiting from it. So without further ado, I'm going to bring my baby, my biological, this is my biological baby brother. My mother gave birth to both of us as well as our older brother, 
uh, there's an older brother, Arthur, there's me, and then there is James. And so, James, say hello to our audience, and we're going to jump into the conversation that we had just a few days ago. I'm glad that you're with me, baby brother. Yes, sir. I thank you for having me, and i um, definitely looking forward to continuing our conversation. And above all else, I pray that it would be impactful, empowering, and encouraging to others as well. Absolutely. I know that it will be. So uh, I want to preface our conversation. Of course, this is a biblical perspective podcast. So everything that we discuss, all of our topics that we address, we address them from a biblical perspective. And so, of course, I want to preface our talk, our discussion today out of Jeremiah 17 and 7. And again, I told you all at the beginning of the show, you're going to hear us discuss, dialogue, and even teach on the subject of expectation from a perspective that may not be familiar to you. However, it's going to bless and empower your life. But Jeremiah 17 and 7, it says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Now, as I was preparing for our discussion today, and I shared with my brother a moment ago before we began the podcast, and that is hope, expectation, is found in the scriptures. Obviously, what I just read to you in Jeremiah 17 and 7, it says the latter portion and whose hope the Lord is blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope or whose expectation is in the Lord. And one of the most common mistakes that we make as it pertains to our hope and or our expectation is that we place it in everyone else, everything else other than God and his standards, his way, his laws. And that's one of the main reasons why many people are disappointed as it pertains to their hope and or their expectation. They're let down because they hoped, they expected from persons, from an organization that's flawed, that probably not on purpose, let them down, disappointed them. But you will never, ever have to worry about your hope perishing, your expectations being dashed when it's placed in God. And so I'm going to pause there and I'm going to throw it to you, James, and just allow you to comment on what I just shared and what I just said. And then we'll move further into how we got to this point of wanting to have this discussion on the podcast. So what are your thoughts about what I just shared thus far? You know, as I ponder that scripture, um, it comes to mind that hope or expectation is really something that's predicated upon relationship. Um, I think that it is one thing to be saved or to receive the gift of salvation. It's another to establish, maintain a relationship with Christ. In the absence of relationship, it becomes complicated to have such great expectations of our Lord and Savior. If you don't know him, you can't truly trust him. But to know him, you can't help but trust him. That's good. That's good. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's good right there. Say, say that again. <laughs> Repeat that last part because that was good. And then continue well, with your thought. Well, I was just saying, if you don't know him, you cannot trust him. But to know him, you can't help but trust him. See, I'm able to have certain expectations of you because you're my brother and I know you. 
if I didn't really know you, I wouldn't be able to take you at your word because I don't know your level of integrity. But we have a savior that has mastered integrity above anyone else. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. So expectation or relationship rather relationship is the foundation of the premise, the substratum upon which expectation or hope is built upon. Is that the essence of what you just shared? The connection between relationship and expectation? Certainly. I think that, um, that sums it up, um, perfectly, you know, in order to have a hope or an expectation, you have to have a relationship. Um, once you have that relationship with Christ, then the stronger it is, the more you grow in Christ, the more you grow in your faith, the greater your expectations become. So is it safe to say that, and this may not be true in every instance, but just generally speaking, is it safe to say that where we struggle with expectation or our expectations pertaining to certain people or even ourselves. Is it because we fail to do due diligence in establishing a strong connection with said persons or people? Is, is it safe to say that uh, most times we are disappointed where our expectation and our hope is concerned because we have placed it in people that we don't know that we have not spent enough time with as it pertains to, as you said earlier, learning or coming into the knowledge of understanding where they are integral wise, whether or not they are a person that can be trusted, whether or not that they are a person that holds fast or holds true to their word. So again, I guess the question I'm asking is the result of, or rather is disappointment is being let down. Sometimes the result of us prematurely, placing our hope and expectation in people that we really have not taken the time to vet. Is that making yeah, sense? I think, uh, I think that makes perfect sense. I think the, the greatest point that you just made is spending time with someone. So, you know, I'm a person in my personal life. I believe that before I place any expectation on anyone, I spend time with that person and I observe that person under various circumstances because circumstances will tend to bring out the true character of a person. So if you only mm -hmm. observe someone um, when they're facing joyful times, you don't yet know how that person handles adversity, disappointment, frustration. And if you place all of your hope into that person simply because you've witnessed how they handle joyful times, well, life is not a 100% joyful experience. Unfortunately, in this life, Trials and tribulations that don't discriminate. They will come to you. Absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead. Finish your thought. I'm just agreeing with you. No, sir. That pretty much sums it up. Um, you know, like I said, I agree with you. I think the greatest thing is where you mentioned spending time with the person. And as it relates to our faith in Christ, our faith in God, I think that's where many uh, go astray. Again, I'll repeat, um, it's one thing to receive the gift of salvation. But having received the gift of salvation does not mean that you have a relationship with God. Salvation is merely an introduction. I've been introduced to countless people, but I only have a relationship with a select few. And having a relationship is an intentional decision, and it requires investment. I think that many people seem to think that um, you accept the gift of salvation and that Growing in God is just something that happens automatically um, over time. So we have many people that feel, well, 
you know, I've been in the faith for 40, 50 years. That doesn't mean that you have a relationship with God. Absolutely. Absolutely. Having a relationship means you've made a conscious decision to invest of yourself, to invest your time, your energy, your resources into developing that relationship. And you have to spend time with him. That's good. I love that point that you made in regards to salvation does not equate to having developed a relationship with God, having matured in your understanding of who he is and even who you are in relation to him. Salvation is the, I like how you said at the introduction, it is the beginning of relational development with Jesus Christ. Exactly. See, that was very, very, very powerful. And that's why the Bible talks to us about maturing and growing into the next dimension and image of Jesus Christ. Um, because unfortunately within the church, we have, we have labeled salvation as the end all be all as it pertains to once you're saved, once you give your life to Christ and you receive your new creation spirit and your new heart, according to Jeremiah, that that's it. Or salvation alone brings you into a deeper, more in-depth understanding or relationship with Jesus Christ. No, there is work that is required, just like with any relationship. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, Jess and I, next month, September the 13th, will be 20 years that we've been married. Well, when we got married 20 years ago, September 13th, 2003, after the officiate uh the, the 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 purpose who the person rather who officiated the wedding once they said i now pronounce you husband and wife and, and and we kissed and even though we had been engaged uh we we well, we knew each other or, or courted for a year and a half prior to getting married somewhere in i think a year uh but that once we got married my point is once we got married the marriage or the ceremony i should say the ceremony did not manifest a marriage or we did not end the ceremony in and of itself learned all that there was to learn about each other. It took years in order for the two to become one, even though we got married in a day. So my point is, like you said, just because you got saved salvation alone does not equate to you having strengthened, developed, matured, fortified your relationship with Jesus Christ because you don't know him. That's why uh, church attendance is important. Bible study is important. Reading your Bible is important because reading the scriptures is how we develop and grow in that relationship. I just love that point that you uh, brought out and, um, that really connects with the scripture that I opened up with Jeremiah 17 blessed is the man empowered is the man. Um, the person who trusted in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is well, trust in God is not, it, it doesn't manifest by osmosis. Your exactly. trust and our trust with anyone that we're in relationship with trust is developed over time. It's developed by us interacting with each other. It's developed through the good, the bad, the times of indifference, the times of disagreement and things of that nature. So what are your thoughts? Um, you know, I think again, I would just reiterate the importance of, uh, relationship, having that relationship, um, with God. You know, you can't trust him. You can't have any expectations in the absence of that. I think that that is so important because all of the promises of God are predicated upon your relationship uh, with God and your level of expectation. As we were discussing previous, uh, pre prior this week, rather, um, your expectation is what dictates your conversation and yeah. your conversation 
is going to control your level of manifestation because scripture says that death and life lies in the power of your tongue. So what you're saying is deriving from what do you really expect in life? Um, you know, I think as we were discussing, it's one thing to utilize what I refer to as religiously correct terminology. So we know how to say the right things in the right moment to generate the right response that we want to receive. But to really have expectations of God's best in your life, as you mentioned, you have to get into the scriptures because you have to see all that God has outlined for you. Absolutely. I love what you just said. And we're going to take them into, uh, I'm going to allow you to take our listeners into the, the, the encounter, the, the, the moment, the conversation that you and, and the Lord had earlier this week and how we actually got into uh, this discussion of expectation. But, and I don't want to misquote you. So I probably, I want you to say it again if, if I misquote it, but you said, uh, how did you say it? You said expectation. Uh, your, expectation yeah, go ahead. your expectation dictates your conversation. Your conversation. Yeah, that's it. Your ex Did y'all hear that? I want y'all to write that down. <laughs> your expectation dictates your conversation. Your expectation dictates your conversation. Now, take 60 seconds and explain with that, what do you what do you mean by that statement? That's a powerful statement. I want to make sure that our listeners understand it. Your expectation well, dictates your conversation because he's not just rhyming you all. This it rhymes, but it's a powerful statement, and I want to make sure that you all understand precisely the point that James is endeavoring to make through that statement. Because many of you, your conversation the reason you have not received what you are expecting or hoping for is because your conversation refutes what you're expecting your conversation disputes it your conversation combats it so mm -hmm. your conversation dictates your expectation rather dictates your conversation explain that um well okay so as we said um you know it's the biblical perspective so we definitely want to utilize scripture uh, scripture indicates that death and life lies in the power of the tongue. So, and again, you're correct, it rhymes, but that, trust me, that's not my intention. It just happens to be that's the way it came to me. Um, but when I say your expectation dictates your conversation, I'm not speaking about the conversation that you say to other people, because that's where we learn how to be religiously correct. Those of us that have been in this faith um, for any amount of time, we learn the right things to say. But when I say your expectation dictates your conversation, what I'm really speaking of is what are you saying to yourself about your situation? Mm, that's because good, what sir. you're saying to yourself about your situation is what matters the most. Because if you're not saying those things to yourself that line up with the scriptures, it does not matter that you say those things to other people. It's the internal dialogue that's controlling your level of manifestation. Uh, oh, 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 hold, on. Hold, hold, hold on, bro. You said it's your internal dialogue that is Certainly. the significant aspect of the conversation. What you are saying to yourself, the conversations that are going on in your head that you're having in your heart, the unheard dialogue. I love that. The internal certainly. conversation. Go ahead. Continue. That's certainly it. Um, and that's one of the things that God has, has really shared with me recently. And I've been able to grow in that area. It's those things that you say to yourself about your situation. All too often, we speak to ourselves based on our emotions. So we respond to the situations and circumstances in our lives. When in reality, you have to speak to yourself based on what God has already said. And one thing that I've discovered in life is that situations and circumstances won't always line up with what God has said. However, if you speak based upon those situations and circumstances, you can expect for them to continue. That's good. Absolutely. I want to connect your statement with numbers 13 and 33. 
Now I want you to repeat it again for the people when you said you're, it's, to, it's the internal dialogue. Yes, sir. It's the internal dialogue, the things that you're saying to yourself. And I utilize the word dialogue intentionally, not just monologue, because some people would think, you know, dialogue, meaning there's an actual conversation going on. Monologue, meaning it's just one individual mm-hmm. speaking. Mm-hmm. But how can you have dialogue within yourself? Because to be honest, there's oftentimes a conflict going on within self because there's your spirit that's having a conversation with your mind, your intellect. And mm-hmm. sometimes we try to intellectualize the scriptures and you can't, you can't spiritualize and intellectualize at the same time. Mm. Mm. That's good. You have to. And you know what? Never mind. <laughs> it's my, my head, my thoughts, my mind is going so many places. That was good. You can't, you said you can't spiritualize or and intellectualize, intellectualize at, the same, at time. the same time. That is powerful. You have to either, and, and you know what, listeners, that's, that's very true if you think about it. Because it's, it's just like, um, If you are, you you really can't talk and have or develop a complete thought in your head. Because if I'm thinking in my head about whatever I'm thinking about, and when I start to speak, me speaking interrupts the flow of my thoughts. And if you think about it, many times when you're thinking, you're having that internal dialogue with yourself and uh, someone enters in the room or enters into your space and they start talking uh, and you're in deep thought. Most times, what do we do? We stop them like, no, hold on. Let me finish processing this thought. Or if you're writing and you're dictating your thoughts or or manifesting your thoughts through uh, journaling or what have you. And if someone uh, many times I'm I'm writing books or whatever. My wife comes in and starts talking to me and I say, well, no, hold on. Let me finish this thought because what you're saying is going to interrupt or interject the flow of thought. And so we have to be able to calm or settle, settle ourselves. And really the truth of the matter is, let me say it this way. Um, the word of God can't be as you said, intellectualized anyway, because God does not speak to us through our intellect. Now he uses our intellect, but the God speaks to us and converses with us because he is spirit. He speaks to us spirit to spirit. And many times that's where the disconnect is. We're trying to intellectualize that which is spiritual, but spirituality supersedes and overrides intellectual and or carnal wisdom. And so you can't think your way or intellectualize your way into understanding God. I hope that makes sense. But what I want to connect to that statement, the internal conversations that we have with ourselves, it is that conversation that if it's not the right conversation that can be detrimental to your life. It can impede the manifestation of what you're hoping for, what you're expecting. And in numbers 13 and 33, it says, and they, and there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak who come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. There's nowhere in that passage of scripture or in that chapter of numbers that we are informed that the spies, the 10 spies that went in to the promised land to view, there's nowhere in the text where it says that the giants saw them. The giants didn't know they were in the land. Hence they were spies They went in undetected, but it was that internal conversation 
that they had with themselves. They had already convinced themselves that they were less than, that they were incapable of doing, accomplishing, acquiring what God told them they could, what he told them he had already given to them, but they were intimidated by the opposition because their perspective concerning themselves was less than it says that they were grasshoppers in their sight. And so they assumed that because they saw themselves as defeated and as grasshoppers, that the giants saw them as such, but there was no scriptural indication that the current inhabitants of the land saw them and said that they were grasshoppers and all of that. So my point is to your point, that internal conversation, it's your expectation that determines your conversation. And really James, we can even flip it. Your it's, it's your conversation that dictates your expectation. And many people, their expectation is low. Yeah. Their, their expectations are at ground zero because of the conversation, the the low self-esteem, the inferiority complex, and all of the other things. So uh, share your thoughts on that, and then I want you to take us into, take our listeners into the conversation that you and the Lord had uh, in, your, in your vehicle and uh, how this subject came about of expectation. So share your thoughts in regards to, um, what we just dialogued about or what I just spoke about and uh, and then take us into that time with you and the Lord. Well, um, you know, I agree with everything you just said. I think it can actually be said both ways. Um, your expectation dictates your conversation or we can flip it and say your conversation dictates your expectation. I think that while it can be said both ways, the main focal point is your conversation, having the correct conversations within yourself um, really is the main, I guess, the main meat of what we're attempting to convey here. Um, as I was sharing with you earlier this week, um, you know, I'm a trucker, so my occupation allows me to spend the majority of my day alone. And I usually start my mornings off listening to some gospel, praying and meditating in one of the things that God has really taught me over the course of time is that it's not so much that when I pray, I need to say what I have to say to God, but I need to be silent for a period of time and allow him to speak to me. So during this time, um, on a particular morning this week, I was just um, listening to some music. Uh, there was a song playing by Reverend Clay Evans for the rest of my life. And as I was just listening to it and began to ponder on some things and God began to speak to me about expectations. What do you really expect in your life? Because as I mentioned, one of the things that we as Christians, we learn how to be religiously correct. We learn how to put on a facade. We learn how to do church. Unfortunately, in this day and age, for many Christians, church has become nothing more than a learned activity. That's true. So, just having some time again with God, just speaking to me and asking me, what is it that I really expect in life? Um, you know, on a personal note, man, there are countless situations in life right now that I am confused about, that I am praying to God to provide relief uh, in. So God began to check me because one of those situations, I had to adjust my conversation about that situation because while I'm praying and asking that God would provide relief in that situation, my conversation was still rooted in my frustration. Mm. And if your conversation isn't lining up with what God is attempting to do, then what you are saying is actually counteracting what God is doing on your, on, on your behalf. That's why there's a terminology of supernatural. God is doing his super, but you're not doing your natural because your conversation is still rooted in your frustration. So I was just listening to God and I began to ponder, okay, what is it that I really expect in life? 
And one of the things that God shared with me is you have to really expect the best out of life. You have a right to expect the best out of life. You know, you have to expect great things to happen to you. You have to expect to be blessed. And one of the things that God showed me is that one of the reasons why so many people have low expectations is because at some point in their life, they had high expectations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what they were praying for, what they were expecting, it didn't happen. And that's traumatizing. It's disappointing. It hurts. So what most people do, especially us as men, we tend to internalize our trauma. And when you internalize it, you don't effectively process it. And unprocessed trauma will cripple you. So most people have crippled faith. So their level of expectation has been crippled. And because they don't want to experience that hurt and disappointment ever again, they simply decide that instead of expecting all of these great things to happen to me in life, I'll just settle for mediocrity. I'll settle for average. Mm -hmm. And if God wants to do exceeding and abundantly above all that I could ask or think, then sure, he can go for it. But I won't expect that. And that's not a that's not a philosophy that's rooted in scripture. And that's not the way that God wants us to think. Right. God wants us to expect the best things out of life. But in order to be in that position to do so, again, it necessitates that you effectively process and deal with past traumas. And I can't speak for women because I'm not a woman, never have been, have no desire to be one. Um, <laughs> Same here. I think, that's nece- I think that's necessary to say in this day and age that we live in. Right. However, <laughs> I can speak as a man. And as a man, we tend to internalize our trauma mm-hmm. and mask it because we yeah. think that defines our masculinity. Right. And suppress it. We suppress it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, you know, I was just home again, you know, driving along, letting God download some information into me and just pondering on life and, you know, the various adjustments that I need to make in regards to um, some situations. And another thing that God shared with me, um, you know, we think of opportunities, man. And as opportunities come in life, you know, I'm certain that we would all agree that some opportunities are short lived and. That being said, you need to take advantage of the opportunity and the life of of the opportunity because some opportunities only come once in a lifetime. Absolutely. And I was pondering on that. And as I pondered that, um, God enlightened me to the fact that in all actuality, every day is a once in a lifetime opportunity because every day you see is a day that you've never seen before. And once it comes to a close, you'll never again get to see it. Right. And tomorrow is not promised. Exactly. So understanding that it's imperative to make the best out of each day, you know, um, even on yesterday in particular, I encountered a situation that was somewhat frustrating to me. And um, I was reminded of what God has shared with me. And I said, well, you know, I'm agitated, I'm frustrated, aggravated by this uh, situation. But I'm not going to let this define my day. I'm going to make an intentional decision that I'm going to continue to have a good day because I was having a great day up until this occurred. It's already occurred. I can't change it. So I'm simply going to move on from it. Now, that's good. So that's uh, that's that- an- another thing that God had just been, um, you know, just sharing with me um, again about your level of expectation, like, you have, I guess I, I don't want to, I don't want to speak as though I'm speaking at people because again, these are things that God spoke to me and adjustments that I recognized that I needed to make. But it's, it's just to, for, at least for me, it was a matter of, I know God, you know, I often tell people this and people laugh at the way I say it, but I'm just me when it comes to God, because I don't believe that you got to try to be this extra double, triple spiritual person and use all these big fancy words. And I don't make a mockery of that because I think that's one of the errors of this generation. We make a mockery of how some people speak of God or relate to God. I'm not that person, but I oftentimes tell people, you know, the thing with me is I'm really down with God like that. Right. 
And most importantly, I know he down with me like that. You understand what I'm saying? Right, right. So I have a great level of confidence that, you know, the situations in my life that are uh, a nuisance to me, that are a source of aggravation, frustration, even disappointment, I trust God. I really trust God like that because I've seen what God does. So my trust and my faith in God and my expectation of him is not predicated upon what someone told me God did for them, but I know what he's done in my life and what he's continuing to do in my life. This man that I've become now, this has been a process of evolution. And although I'm not perfect, I humbly say that I applaud myself for the progress that I've made in life um, on a practical level as well as spiritually. Mm-hmm. It's been a process of growth and I applaud myself and I'm grateful so because of that and because of the growth that I've seen in myself, I know what God is capable of doing. Absolutely. And that's where the expectation comes from. You know, when we were younger growing up, you know, older folks would say, I tried them for myself. Yes. Sir. And that's the best way that I can put it when I speak of having expectations. You got to try God for yourself and really see what he do. Don't just base your expectation off of, with my brother and I are sharing, but you really have to try God for yourself. Right. Going back to developing your own relationship with the Lord Jesus. Exactly. Because what the uh, scripture say, mm-hmm. Oh, taste and see that the, that Lord, the Lord is, is good. good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that's a powerful point that you made again, tying it, directing it all back to relationship. That, is how we opened up today's show and laid the foundation that your expectations for God, for yourself, for individuals, that expectation is built upon the foundation of relationship. It's based upon the time and the experiences that you have encountered with that person, getting to know them, them getting to know you. And so people whom we don't know our expectations pertaining to them, they are low or minimal because we don't know them. But for those whom we know and our knowing of them is positive. We know that they're punctual. We know that they're dependable. We know that they're reliable. We know that their word is their bond. Our expectation for them is higher than those that we do know. However, what we know about them is that they're not punctual. They're not dependable. They're a liar. (laughs) They tell you they're going to do something and they don't do it. Right. So my expectation for you is not where I would want it because what I know about you is that you can't follow through or carry through with what you have promised What your word is not your bond. And that's not, of course, the Lord Jesus. And what I want to, um, as we get ready to close it up here, it's been, I'm telling you, time flies when you're having fun. This has been a very powerful Man, tell me conversation. about it. But I want to go back to the word you use, intentional and or intentionality. Because you were vulnerable a moment ago and you shared how just this week there was a situation uh, that didn't pan out as you expected. But you realized, okay, I can't change what has happened, what has transpired, but I am making an intentional decision not to allow the disappointment that I may have experienced, regardless of what it was, but I'm intentionally not allowing the disappointment to, to strip me of my future hope and or future expectation. Because as uh, the old gospel song, uh, trouble don't last always Timothy, right? and or uh, this too will pass. And I love how you talked about trauma, how men in particular 
we internalize our trauma because it's just true. Men, uh, generally speaking, most men are not as conversational as women. Most men don't freely discuss their feelings and things of that nature because we have been taught most men from children. Men don't cry. Men don't reveal how they feel. You know, we, like you said, internalize it. We keep it to ourselves and things of that nature, but that really has destroyed uh, the confidence and the expectation in most men pertaining to themselves. But I love what you said again, how you made an intentional conscious decision to move beyond and move past what happened and what transpired. And you did not allow that moment of disappointment to rob you or strip you of hoping in the future. Now talk about that, how that is important when you don't experience what you've expected for whatever the reason, not how not to allow that disappointment to rob you of hoping and expecting in the future, because that's where many people are at. And you even touched upon it uh, early on. Uh, That's where many people are. You are stuck in your moment of disappointment. And so you are deceived in thinking that because what you expected didn't happen this time, that nothing you expect or nothing you hope for will happen, or you keep pushing it. You keep prolonging it. Uh, And as the scripture talks about uh, in Proverbs uh, 13 and 12, hope deferred, make it the heart sick. You keep deferring your hope. Well, it'll happen one day or I'll address it one day or, you know, I'll get back to it sooner or later. And you keep pushing your expectation further and further and further away, not realizing that deferring your expectation is what is continuing to feed the sickness and the illness of disappointment, discouragement, loneliness, and all of that. So talk about that um, as we get ready to close, but talk about that. How, what, 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 how important is intentionality not allowing the disappointment to incarcerate you and confine you, but to hope and expect again, go ahead. Um, You know, I think it's imperative. Um, It's essential. It's necessary. Intentionality is even necessary to receive the gift of salvation because you must first make an intentional decision to do so. Um, As it relates to, you know, our, our present discussion here, I think that one of the things that most people fail to realize is that life happens and it happens to everyone, all of us. Yes, sir. It does not discriminate. Um, Life will throw you some unexpected situations and circumstances that you probably could never have even imagined. Still yet, you have to make the intentional decision to hold on, to not give up, to persevere, to continue to expect great things in this lifetime. Adversity comes, even the Bible tells us, think it not strange. So we were forewarned that you're going to experience adversity in this life. And experiencing such adversity is in no way indicative that God has left you. That's good, sir. Adversity is a part of life that you are going to experience. You have to make the intentional decision to allow God to carry you through it. Something that Steve Harvey oftentimes says, and I like the way he says it, there is no situation in your life that God hasn't carried you through. And if he hasn't carried you through it, he's currently carrying you through it right now. And the proof of that is that you're still here. So I think that intentionality is, man, it's imperative. It's the only way 
to get through the trials and tribulations of life. You have to resolve in yourself that this is something that I am going to do. I will trust in God. I will place my faith in God. I will allow for God to carry me through this. I will lean on his grace. As scripture says, his grace is sufficient. Yes, sir. Lord knows it is. But it's all about what you intentionally decide to do. And I know some may say you overutilize that word intentional, but I do so, again, intentionally because it's necessary. (laughs) It's a decision. It's not something that just happens. It's not something that, you know, you just snap your fingers and all of a sudden you just have the resilience necessary to get through everything in life. No, it's an intentional decision. I will trust God. It's complicated at times. At times it conflicts with my natural human emotions because me being a man of faith does not nullify that I am human. I still feel disappointment. I feel hurt. I feel let down. I feel anger, frustration. Absolutely. But in spite of those natural human emotions, I've made a decision that I will allow God to carry me through. As I oftentimes uh, say to people, something that God has taught me is, in this life, you have to learn how to not be at peace with the situation, but yet and still choose peace within the situation. Now that's good, sir. And that's that's where I am in life. There's many situations in my life right now that I am not at peace with, but I have chosen to be at peace within the situation as God works it out. Because when you've thrown money at situations, when you've tried to talk your way through it, you've tried to um, slick your way through it, when you've tried all else, then you come to the realization that this is one that only God can fix. So then for me, I took my hand off of it because Mm -hmm. if I take out my phone out of my pocket and I give it to you, I haven't given it to you because I've extended it to you in my hand. I haven't even given it to you because you put your hand on it. I've only given it to you once I take my hand off of it. And once I take my hand off of it, then I've relinquished control of it. I no longer have control of it. You have control of it now because I've taken my hand off of it. Right. So one of the things God taught me is a great indicator of your level of faith and trust in God is can you take your hand off of that situation? Mm. Can you stop trying to fix that situation? Because sometimes as Christians, we have an inaccurate understanding of the scripture that says faith without works is dead. That doesn't mean you all the time need to be doing something physically in this situation. Sometimes the work that's required is having the discipline to take your hand off of it in spite of your emotions telling you to try this, try that. The work sometimes is having the discipline to take your hand off of it and not touch it anymore and wait for God to give you the next set of instructions because your good intentions are not the equivalent of God's instructions. And God is only required to honor his instructions. Many things in life I've done in situations having great intentions, but ended up making the situation far worse than it already was because that's not what God instructed to do. Wow. Sometimes we try to move prematurely. Mm-hmm. That's true. Absolutely. Well, James, this has been a wonderful, delightful, insightful, powerful, and empowering time. I have so enjoyed uh, this dialogue with you, and thank you for being my special guest. I yes, sir, man. Thank you for having me. Listen, this is not uh, the last time. It's the first time, but it's not the last time we're going to have James Johnson, who is my baby brother. He is the youngest of the three of us boys that mom had. I am the middle. And so I'm not his eldest brother, but I am his older brother. And uh, he's the baby of the group. And I'm so proud of you. And I've told you this uh, personally. And I'm saying it publicly uh, and persons in 43 countries are listening and or will listen. And I'm proud of the man that you have become, the father that you are. And uh, I have seen his journey from birth 
up into this present time. And we're going to have him back. And uh, who knows what we're going to discuss and dialogue about uh, in the future. Uh, but it, this young man has a powerful, powerful testimony. I'm not even going to allude to what it is, but it's a powerful testimony. And we're going to uh, have him come back and uh, he may share that. He may discuss and share something else. But at some point, uh, we're definitely going to have James back on a biblical perspective so that he can share uh, that powerful testimony and help build your faith and your expectation and let you know that uh, as he has already eloquently stated throughout our conversation, if you maintain your relationship with Jesus Christ and do your part as it pertains to the maintenance thereof, because we know God's going to do his part. Uh, Certainly. He always does his is us that fall short. But if you maintain your relationship and ensure that your hope and your expectation is in God, his word, and you are operating, complying, abiding therein, that it doesn't matter what happens in your life. My brother is literally proof that God can restore you. God can literally raise you from the dead and he can reestablish your hope and your expectation, not only in him, because in most cases, some cases it's not the expectation and our hope in God that is rocky or shaky. It's our hope and expectation of people. And even more importantly, really of ourselves and God has a way of helping you to reestablish faith, trust, and hope in yourself. Many of you listening under the sound of our voice, it's your issue is not with people or God as it pertains to expectation. Your issue is with you. You don't expect the best out of your own self anymore. You don't expect things to get better. You don't expect progression. You don't expect things to pick up. You don't expect progress to develop in your life because as James said, you are internalizing your trauma. You're holding on to your trauma. And sometimes in order to receive the help, to receive the release, to receive the healing, you have to go to the professionals, the psychologists, the psychiatrists, connecting with the spiritual to help you receive the totality of the deliverance that God wants for you and that Jesus died to provide. So we're out of time, but I, again, am so grateful to my baby brother, James Johnson, for being with me. My very special guest. I am just... Listen, I'm just hippopotamus happy, as they say, uh, you having decided to be my guest on today. And I know you all were blessed and empowered by this dialogue. I want you to do me a favor and connect with me on social media. If you are not already see Terrell Johnson on Instagram and Facebook and also go to my website, ctjohnson.org and pick up my newest book, Empower Your Thinking. Volume one quotes to shift consciousness, provoke thought and increase understanding. Don't allow your conversation to be rooted in your frustration. That's a powerful quote by James. Don't allow your conversation to be rooted in your frustration, but allow your conversation to be rooted in your expectations, expectations, of progression, betterment, the favor of God, the blessing of God, the fruitfulness of God. Expect what God, what God's word says and allow his word, his expectation in his word to dictate your conversation. Speak life, not death. All right. Connect with me. I love all of you. Until our next podcast, this is Prophet C.T. Johnson with my very special guest, my baby brother, James.
Brandon Johnson. We want you to know that we love you. Be empowered. Thanks for listening to a Biblical Perspective podcast. If today's episode empowered you, subscribe and rate the podcast at cpnshows.com, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen. For more information about C.T. Johnson Ministries International, visit the website at ctjohnson.org or text CTJM to 54244 to stay in the know. And connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at C. Terrell Johnson on Facebook and YouTube at C.T. Johnson Ministries. Tune in next time as I continue to empower your thinking from God's perspective.